Jesus, thank you for your presence. We want to appreciate every moment with you. Having those moments with you is not for nothing. Thank you for your presence here. We want to give you this night. We want to give you this message. We want to give you permission. Lord, I pray that you guide my words. I pray that you guide this message so that we can receive what you have prepared for us today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Today I have a bit of a different message for you. I felt that God has a word for his church, not just our church, but his church, to talk to his church, to his pride. And I felt I should share a vision I had and explain a bit of what God has been talking about. I think a part of the prophetic space in the church is um, equipping everybody and listening um, to the voice of God. And I, I believe in your life groups, you're doing that. You're practicing prophecy and listening the, to the voice of God. <laughs> so I see some people nodding. That's amazing. Thank you. And then there's another part where every person that goes to this church is not only known for their works, for their abilities, but that we can see and recognize who is this person and their identity in Christ and help them to enter into this identity and to live from this place. And this is the job of the prophetic, the place of the prophetic, to see who you are, uh, maybe even before you recognize who you really are, to see you from the eyes of God and say, hey, you are a woman or man of God, and to help you to arrive in this place and then later there is another point um, to give you this direction and to give you um, perspective on what is happening in heaven. To hear what God is saying for the season and to share it with the church. And I felt that today, the word for today is more about like, yeah, what is God talking about the season? And um, yeah, so that's why I'm going to share my vision with you today. So it started and what I saw was kind of like a river of gold flowing. But when I asked God, hey, what is happening here? He said, this is a, a pathway. Um, he is preparing his way. This is a season where we see God preparing something. And it seems like a way of gold. And then there came an army of people walking on this pathway. And I felt his presence so much. So you, um, the people were not like very like physically strong or perfect in this way, but there were like people from like the youngest children to the oldest people. Um, and they were an army bringing his kingdom. And what I felt was that God was saying, um, his victory is greater than what we can see. When we only look at what is happening in the world, we don't have the full picture. 
because what is happening in the heaven, God is saying the victory is greater than what you can imagine. And I believe we can look into this world and we see a lot of destruction and um, wars and pain and like just bad circumstances happening. And we might think, wow, where is God in the middle of all of that? But there was another point in history where the enemy thought he is winning. And it was exactly or just in the biggest victory of the history when Jesus was on the cross and the enemy thought, I'm winning. He thought, no, I have won against a God in the big fight. He didn't know about the greatness of the victory that was happening in this moment. And sometimes when we are looking around at our circumstances, at our life, we can look and like see the difficulty, maybe. But God says, don't look with eyes of humans, don't look with human eyes. The children of God are not defined by what is happening in the darkness. We are defined when we look at the heavens and see the purpose of God. And we have faith in what is to come until it comes to earth. And we don't let our hearts get disappointed, disillusioned by what is happening on earth. Okay, let's look at Matthew 24, verses 3 to 14. It says, As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So first things first, I'm not talking about the end of the world. That's not what I want to say. Because it also says in the word that only the Father knows when this day comes. And Paul has been talking about the end of the world since the cross. So, yes, we are in those times waiting for Jesus. But this started uh, 2,000 years ago. So Jesus said, only the Father knows when the end of time will come. So Jesus didn't worry about it, and we will have uh, confidence in that. So what I want to focus on is um, what Jesus was saying about the wars and difficulties. So he said, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginnings of birth pain. And when we jump to the end of this passage, verse 13 and 14, we read, But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. What does this mean? It means that the victory is greater than the darkness. And we need to be... I think 
Paul is preaching about that since the moment of the cross till today. Um, he is preaching that we need to maintain uh, being close to Jesus, to keep being close to Jesus, to keep having our eyes focused on Jesus and to keep this uh, focus as a child of God and on what God is doing. When our eyes are on God, we can be full of hope and strength and full of peace and full of, um, full of the answer that this broken world needs. But if we focus on the difficulty, on the fights, on this world, then our hearts are filled with this perspective. We are starting to be hopeless. We are starting to struggle. We are starting to uh, disconnect from people that God uh, called us to reach out to. But when we see the victory and when we are convinced of the victory, the victory has in our life and in other people's life, then we can go in conviction that Jesus is the answer and that his victory is greater. Um, going on, it is a vision I had. Um, suddenly, I was on this way with God. And I started seeing a door in front of me, actually like three doors. <laughs> I want to explain every door a little bit because I feel like God was talking about the times that we are in now and what will happen in this time, in those months, years. <laughs> One thing with the Bible is when they say soon, soon can be, is relative. <laughs> so the first door, um, when it opened, there were a lot of offices, but the offices were empty. So I heard God saying, now is the time. And suddenly those offices were full of people, people um, working, moving, people just in their place and where they belong. You know, when people do something and they know this is their purpose, this is what they have been created for. They have this focus, this joy in working. And they're like, yes, I know this is where I belong. And I heard uh, God saying, um, I will restore the five ministries in my church. Because I believe we have seen in the last couple of years, ministries rising up that support the church like uh, big movements of evangelism big like prayer movements so many movements many ministries um, to restore what the church has lost but now god is saying now is the time that this starts within the church that we start living um, and restoring this uh, original vision he had for his uh, pride Let's look at uh, those five ministries. What are they? In Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 16, we can read. So now Christ gave the following gifts to the church. We take a break right here. <laughs> In the last week, um, Mary was preaching 
So that was about prophecy, words of knowledge. Yeah, if you want to listen to the preaching, it should be in a podcast as well. It was very good. But here it is something different. Um, here it is saying it's the gifts that Jesus Christ uh, gave the church. So it's not the gifts of the Spirit. Those are people. People as gifts for the church so that we can all receive and be taught. So let's continue. <laughs> so Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. So here it's explaining like how to construct a church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. Uh, they will need to receive from every one of those people um, to become mature and united in the faith. Now, those are people, and it's not about having those people with special titles, but it's about having this person you can receive from, because every believer has been created to act and like live out every five, every one of those five areas. So all of those should be part of your life. Those are gifts for your life. Uh, and when you have grown in each one of those um, areas, you can live um, established and mature in your faith. So what is an apostle? Um, we know of the 12 apostles in the Bible. But what does it mean, this word, to be an apostle? It's somebody who um, looks at the culture of the kingdom of heaven and starts establishing this culture here on the earth. Uh, Paul is a good example for this. Uh, much of his letters, uh, letters are teaching about how, how to act with people, how to construct... Um, so it's a, a lot of instructions on how to build the kingdom here on earth. He walked in signs and wonders. He planted new church. And he saw what is happening in heaven and equipped the church to construct the same here on earth. So each of that uh, ministries are so that we can receive. So the apostle teaches us how to see the kingdom of God and how to... Uh, implemented in our life. Then a prophet hears the word of God and shares that with people. 
Moreover, they were equipping every believer so that they can understand what God is saying about their lives in any moment, so that we can be a church that is alive and not just following rules, but being alive in a deep connection with our God. Then the evangelists. When we lose our focus on reaching out to the lost people, we lose our vision. We can't grow when we start focusing only on ourselves. It can feel very nice, very comfortable, very joyful, but we have lost our direction, we have lost our purpose. And the evangelist is there to remind us. How about your neighbor? How about your family? Who else have you um, told about Jesus this week? And they are here to equip us to share the, um, the gospel, to walk in signs and wonders, and to share on the streets. Then the pastors. The pastors are here to love us. All of us are there for that. But the pastors are there to especially love us, to give us advice, um, to help you to connect with family, to know the heart of family in the church. But also um, to teach you to do the same. Because it doesn't mean that one person is there to love everybody. And no, everybody in the church should... Um, should receive this gift from the pastors and start to love each other because one more time these gifts from Christ are here so that we can take them and take what they have and uh, fill our lives with that and then lastly we have the teacher The purpose of the teachers is that we are not thrown from one side to the next with every new teaching, but that we would be mature and wise in our hearts. So this is the purpose of the teachers. We need somebody who can explain to us and teach us how to read the Bible, how to interpret the word of God, how to live in those teachings but also to impart a spirit of wisdom. Because the Bible says again and again, what the world thinks is not what the, world, uh, what the church should think. There's a difference. There's a transformation, our way of thinking. And sometimes we need a bit of help to understand that. So sometimes we read a passage in the Bible and we think like, oh, What's happening here? And we need that the, the teachers um, teach us and share this gift of revelation and wisdom so that we can start to live a life that is different from the world. So what happens when we get rid of this heavenly structure of those five ministries is that we lose something. And in the last seasons, we've had uh, various responses Sometimes we have um, rejected the, prof the prophets and the evangelists for 
various causes and often we elevate the pastors because we think ah, from them we receive the most because they have the compassion, they have the advice, they help you with your life and we all want that. But what happens when we put a pastor in the place of an apostle, um, then we have a church that is focused on people and what people need and want instead of focused on the voice of God leading the church. And if you want to be a church that is walking in victory, bringing his kingdom to us, we need this revelation of how does his heavenly culture look like? How do we start this here? Um, so how do we put the calling of God first? And we know that when we put God as our priority, he will take care of us. And I believe that when the church sees itself like that, people will be saved, leaders will be transformed, and people will start taking their place in, in this kingdom, in this um, army of God. When I was looking at those five uh, ministries, five offices, um, they were filled by people, but not only prophets, evangelists, etc. But it was this is a call for all of the world. Wake up, wake up. There's a greater purpose, a greater purpose than we can see in the natural. A purpose uh, we... We, we get when we focus on what is happening in heaven, uh, when we start discovering the heavenly call for our lives. And I feel that God is saying um, in the last time, in the last seasons, um, people have been under a lot of distraction. Uh, sometimes it's the pride of thinking, hey, I know, I know it all. I don't need to look for help. But in this time, God is saying it's time to shake up your life. It's time to look at the things you are doing and look at what of those things have value in eternity. Which of those things you I can carry with me? Which of those things um, have influence in the true life, which is the eternal life? We don't only want to um, construct for what is there tomorrow. We want to construct for eternity. And I feel that God is saying, wake up, wake up, wake up and take your place. Because, because the victory is greater than what we can imagine. And he is waiting that we are getting up, that we are standing up, taking, doing our part. Uh, how can that look like in your life? It could be maybe think of those five ministries. Think of the apostle, the prophet, the teacher, the evangelist, the pastor. The pastor. Do you need to receive um, more, more courage to share? Um, do you need to receive more vision to see the kingdom and how that looks on earth? Do you need to listen to the voice of God more? Do you need more compassion, patience for people? 
So start looking at what is uh, available in the church, in your church. And fill yourself and prepare yourself for what God has prepared for you. We want to live in this intimacy with God, in obedience with what he is doing. Uh, uh, you are called uh, praying for the sick. You are called to raising the dead. When was the last time you did that? There's more. And there's something for your life where God is saying, hey, I want to use you to bring the supernatural into this world. The stories of the Old Testament, Moses, Noah, they did great things. And those were maybe a few people in the Old Testament. Some people like touched by the Holy Spirit. Um, but now it's no longer limited to some people. Every child of God is called to take their place and to bring the kingdom and those transformation. There's a place for you. It's our time to start to start taking our place. And then I came to the second door. And that uh, made me a little bit afraid. Behind this door, there was sin and death. And I felt God saying, it's the time where I start cleaning, cleansing my church. There have been problems of sin and other problems of, um, of agreeing with the enemy, where it's just not aligned with the heart of God. And I heard God saying, these things are limiting my people. These things are limiting my church. And it's time where I want to start to clean. In um, Isaiah 4, 4 to 6, it says, the Lord will wash away the filth of the women of Zion. He will cleanse the bloodstains from Jerusalem by a spirit of judgment and a spirit of fire. Then the Lord will create over all of Mount Zion and over those who assemble there a cloud of smoke by day and a glow of flaming fire by night. Over everything the glory will be a canopy. It will be a shelter and a shade from the heat of the day and a refuge and hiding place from the storm and rain. This is an image we know from Exodus uh, with Moses, the cloud uh, over the day and then the fire in the night. And God is saying that he is restoring this cover of his presence over the church. So we are people who know his presence. But um, in the first part, God is saying, first I need to break some things. I come to clean some things. Because we know that all the condemnation was taken away on the cross, but he came to liberate us. And there's an invitation to enter in the fullness God has for us. Do you know... Every description of a believer in the Bible is something that depends on something else. We are sheep, we are children, we are lambs. We are not very useful alone. We need that God fills us 
so that we can uh, be satisfied, so that we can be filled of love, peace, and like all of our hearts long for that, long and need to be in the presence of God. Um, but what happens is you were created for worship. You were created to be filled by something else, God. But when we put our focus on other things and let other, other influences um, enter into us, then we let the fruit of our life be affected um, of that. Let me give you an example. The sheep, they walk... <laughs> As far as I know, <laughs> they walk in front of the uh, shepherd. And when it's a good shepherd, he will give directions. They will, uh, he, the shepherd will lead them on a good way. But, and if this is us with our father, God, he is saying, hey, you, you can do it. You are loved. I am with you, giving you the truth of his word. But when there's something else mixing in with this voice, when there's something else um, speaking lies to you, uh, like there's no hope for the situation, stop here because you can't do it. So when there are also those things um, spoken that don't come from the heart of the God, heart of God, it will stop your way with God. It will hinder your way with God. So we need to be careful what influence is um, impacting my heart. In Genesis two verses fifteen to seventeen, we can maybe understand this a little bit better. The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. It's interesting because it doesn't say, Don't eat from this tree because there is sin. Uh, it says, don't eat from this tree, because from there comes knowledge of good and bad. Who is good? All that is good comes from God, and all that's bad does not come from him. So here it is saying, uh, be careful, because if you eat from those fruit, you will be influenced by this knowledge. And the influence that will open in your life will only carry you to death. Um, he is saying from this influence in our hearts, from this influence on our way of thinking, comes an influence on our life that robs us from the blessings of God, that robs the blessings of God from us. And it comes... It starts solely with the knowledge of the bad. Um, and the, just knowing it um, has an influence on our heart, has an influence that comes from the enemy. There's bitterness when we start to judge, when we start to hate, when we are so mad that we fall into sin 
when we are without hope, all of those fruits come from the enemy, come from the influence of the enemy, from the knowledge of bad in our lives. And I felt God saying what he wants to do in this time is restoration, restoration of the mind of the heart so that they would only be influenced by the good by God. So that our hearts would be so convinced by our Father that we would have a heavenly perspective on all that we do. Our fruits will be according to what we depend on. Let's look at Isaiah 8 verses 11 to 13. This is what the Lord says to me, with his strong hand upon me, warning me not to follow the way of this people. Do not call conspiracy everything this people calls a conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear. Do not dread it. The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. He is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread. I believe when we look at what is happening in the world, there's a lot of um, distrust, a lot of accusation, a lot of accusation of conspiracy. I believe we have seen that, especially in the COVID pandemic, an increase of accusation that we can't trust in what's happening. It's that we are afraid of the darkness that we have fear of what the enemy is doing and we start to listen to his accusations and we let him influence us and what influences us is going to determine how we act. So when we join this accusation, this darkness, we will judge we will start to isolate us, we will start to lose our purpose but when we reject this fear and we come back to only fearing the Lord, to honor and respect what he has for our lives, and we can align our hearts um, with his light. When we try to reach the world through a perspective of judgment and pain and saying, oh, you are lost, you are doing everything badly, we will go with a heart that's very religious. We will go with a very hard heart. We will go only to correct them. And Jesus said, I myself am not here to judge this world. I am here to save this world. I'm here to say to love them. So if this uh, fear of God is not our first priority, we cannot um, go in compassion in the same way that Jesus went. In Second Corinthians four verse four, it says. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God.
where God wants to bring revelation and wisdom and an understanding of heaven in your life. The enemy wants to influence you, to close your eyes, to trap you so that you can't see the um, glorious light of, of the good news of the gospel. It's uh, just to bring hope, something that brings you, wow, <laughs> that's what I need. But the enemy wants to close our eyes to the revelation of God. I feel like God is saying, I'm inviting people into a process of transformation. There's a process where you can start to focus in God and say, all that doesn't come from you, I don't want. But what happens sometimes, um, the circumstances of our life are like a burning house. <laughs> and I, I feel like often God, people want God to be the emergency exit. So when everything is difficult, then they want God to take them away from the circumstances so that their life is like without problems, everything is easy. But that's not what God wants to do. Sometimes, yeah, he comes and transforms our circumstances, but sometimes he wants us to learn to stay in the fire that purifies but we stay in the circumstances with confidence in God that he will transform our hearts through the circumstances so that we can go through each and every circumstance and not fall neither to the right nor to the left, that we are not moved by the things that happen to us, but that we would be strong in him and that our hearts would maintain the peace no matter what happens. This morning um, I shared a testimony that I hadn't planned <laughs> um, one week ago. I had a dream that uh, I would be at the doctors and a lot of demons were there screaming at me. They were saying things like, like absolutely horrible and just terrible things about me. And I was very stressed when I left this place. And then on the next day I had an appointment at a doctor's office. So I went there and uh, when I was there, the doctor said to me, oh, everything is really bad. The baby is really bad. I need to do all those tests. You need a lot more appointments. Um, just going bad. I didn't understand all that she was saying. She was talking so fast in Spanish. I was only thinking, hey, what are you saying? Um, she was saying, oh, this is a problem and there is a problem and we need to take this test. And then I was thinking, and then I came back home and we were like processing what happened, what the doctor was saying. And then I was talking with Manu, you know what? I had a stream just last night that I would go to the doctor and that there would be only lies. So I'm not going to take this word by this doctor I am going to 
uh, yeah, I, I will go to the appointments that she will send me to, but I don't believe it. I don't take it as truth. So then on Monday, <laughs> there was another appointment and suddenly all was fine. So, and suddenly the doctor looked at me and asked me out, oh, would you prefer to speak in English? And I was like, oh, wow, thank you. So, and then also this doctor just took a lot of more time with me and explained everything very calmly. So in this, I could walk through those difficult circumstances in peace because I am learning how to walk through the fire of our circumstances um, focused on God so that God would purify us and teach us. So this is an invitation for us now that if we want to allow him, he will transform our way of seeing things, that he would purify all that influences our lives, all that doesn't come from him. Because it's an invitation that but you are the only one who can take this decision. God will not control your life. God will not say, this is how it's going to be now. Um, it's your, your decision. And we can take this decision, no matter what it costs, I want to be with you. If it means to be in the middle of the fire, focused on, on your eyes, I won't move. Uh, until you have finished your work and what you want to do in me. <laughs> We're coming to the third do door now. This will be a bit shorter, no worries. So I arrived there, I opened the door and I saw this light, the sensation of abundant life. There was a garden and we talk about this a lot this garden was the garden of encounter this romantic place that god has for us that we would live in intimacy with him in connection with him but it's not only that that from this place we will see fruit i feel that this garden is not just our time of prayer or worship but actually, it's also a picture for the church, an uh, image of abundance, of life. <laughs> life without limits, fruits without limits. And when I was in this place, I heard his voice saying, you will see the heavens from this place, from this place where we come back to our first purpose, to this intimacy, to this um, uh, position, from this desire of being with him, we will start living um, in his presence, in his power, and in, in his move. From this place, we will see heaven. But I felt that what is really important in sharing those three points, um, it's not just an image for an organization. It's an image for his church. And who is his church? You and me, every individual person. And I feel that God is invi inviting us in a process. And it could be that God is saying, hey, wake up, wake up. There's more, there's a purpose. 
I need you to align yourself with what I am doing in this time. Or it could be that God is saying, now it's the time of intimacy. Come and get to know me. And actually, I felt the invitation of prayer today, um, this invitation to say, here's my heart. I give you permission. Purify me. If there's anything in me that separates me from you, I don't want it. And that's not a prayer that you do in the beginning of your way with Jesus and then you are done. That's something that even I need to do every now and then. Where I say, hey, I want more of you, Jesus. I want you to transform my heart. I want that you come even closer to me. Um, if there's anything in me that you need to change, I I want to surrender everything to you because all I want is you. And I feel this invitation for today. If you want to give God your heart, um, if you want to start this process, if you want to start this walk with Jesus where he's purifying your heart, we want to pray with you today. When this processes start, where God starts shaking our hearts, our lives, it's important to remember two things. One, you were created by God and you were created for community. And when you are in difficult moments of temptation, um, it will always try to isolate you. But when God wants to guide you through a process, you will need intimacy with him but you will also need other people that can help you and support you on this way. And I will invite Sophia to um, play the piano for a little bit. And I want to give us a space today. If you say, I want all that God has for me, I don't want any other influence in my heart. I only want to reflect Jesus. I only want to receive from the source of his love. I only want to receive his wisdom and his thoughts. I want my eyes to be open to all of the revelation about the good news and what's happening in the, in, hand, in the heavens. And I want to bring down heaven. If you say, God, I'm, I'm ready to surrender my heart to this process, into this fire, I want to invite you to respond to this now. And the team will pray for you. And that could be uh, standing up even at home. But if you say, God, there's something in me, something that, that is robbing my hope, something that's producing uh, judgment, or whatever it is that uh, might disconnect you, Lord, today I give you permission to transform my heart. <laughs> 